Welcome to another edition of the official Jets podcast powered by Amazon Web Services. The opponent preview series taking a stop in the desert. The Arizona Cardinals come to MetLife Stadium in week five. And EA and I will break down the Arizona Cardinals along with Darren Urban, the senior writer of azcardinals.com. He joins the podcast. And EA, I feel like on the East Coast, especially in the tri-state area, the only thing that I know about the Cardinals that is that they have a very talented quarterback in Kyler Murray. They had a splashy offseason with the addition of DeAndre Hopkins. And they're kind of an enigma right now to me because you don't know how good they're going to be, even though they have pieces in place at key positions and especially maybe one of the most underappreciated defensive players in football and Chandler Jones. Yeah. Chandler Jones, the ageless one Jets fans, very familiar with him from his days with the new England Patriots. And you mentioned uh, signature defensive pieces. You know, talk about Patrick Peterson, who uh, perhaps is on his way to Canton, Ohio, uh, one of the top cornerbacks in the National Football League still to this day. I think a lot of people think maybe at this point it's Trey Davis White or uh, Stephon Gilmore, but the Jets have had a lot of success against the aforementioned Cardinals, even back to the St. Louis days at home anyway. They lost a game to the Cardinals 37-6 to back in 1975 uh, to open up their series uh, hosting the Cardinals. But since then, it's been all Jets victories, four and one overall, including a game you were at, Greens, when Brett Favre went off against the Cardinals, 56 to 35, the final score of that one, September 28, 2008. But uh, yeah, it's a team that you don't know too much about. I'm reading serious history facts, but bottom line is, uh, the Cardinals are getting a lot of love uh, in national circuits right now, despite finishing 5-10-1 last year, because I think people were very impressed with the way Cliff Kingsbury handled that ball club down the stretch, and they do have a young quarterback who can make it happen with his arm and his legs in Kyler Murray. You know, I just wanted to say this about Chandler Jones. I didn't just bring him up because he went to Syracuse and so did I. I mean, I really do believe that he is one of the more underappreciated players in the NFL. I mean, when you look at his sack numbers, EA, from 2016 to present, 11 sacks, 17 sacks, 13 sacks, and then last year he had 19 sacks for the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, I just feel like this is a player where he should be in the same breath as someone like Avon Miller, Khalil Mack, and J.J. Watt. And, you know, if you don't know a lot about the Cardinals, I think that if if you didn't listen to this podcast, you'd be hearing Chandler Jones's name in the pregame broadcast, during the game broadcast. And you know that Adam Gase and this offensive line are going to have to cater some form of game plan to make sure that number 95 does not wreck the game. Yeah, but the Cardinals did have difficulty stopping the run last year. So, that's an opportunity for the Jets here on paper anyway, maybe to get that run game on track with Le'Veon Bell and company behind the revamped offensive line. So uh, this is an interesting spot in the schedule for the Cardinals because it's a three-game road set for them because they go to Carolina and it's right in the middle. Then they go uh, and they'll face the Jets before a primetime matchup at Dallas. Um, So, 
It, when I think of the Cardinals initially, when I saw the game on the schedule, it automatically automatically goes to Kingsbury and what they're doing on the off, offensive side of the football. And man, Greens, I was shocked when I saw the trade that the Cardinals ship David Johnson to Houston, but they got back DeAndre Hopkins, and there's some draft pick collateral in that trade as well. But Hopkins, for my money, is good as any receiver in the National Football League. Yeah, I was uh, walking on my way back from a little place in Hoboken with uh, – I ordered a takeout salad and walking back, and it's almost – I had to stop in the sidewalk to make sure that I, that the Adam Schefter tweet was from Adam Schefter, not a parody. And it was just very surprising to me. And I think very surprising to the rest of the NFL. And, you know, let's hear from Darren Urban right now to hear his thoughts on the DeAndre Hopkins trade, what he adds to this offense, and really just an all-in look at the Arizona Cardinals. What's your overall take of the 2020 Arizona Cardinals? Because out East, it feels like the team is a little bit of a mystery to us. Yeah, it's funny because it feels like uh, as the national narratives go on, especially in an offseason where there's not any football on the field, so it's speculation has just continued over, you know, basically since before the draft. The Cardinals have gotten a lot of nice run from a lot of national people. People seem to like the idea of Kyler Murray. Obviously, they added... DeAndre Hopkins, um, they, they've upgraded their defense. So the, the national narrative seems to be moving in the right direction. Obviously, they're going to need to prove some things on the field. Uh, getting a quarterback in there, uh, as you guys know with Sam Darnold, getting a quarterback in there that you feel can be your long-term franchise guy uh, that the Cardinals finally did with Kyler Murray is a huge step in the right direction. And he did have a very good rookie season. Uh, he won Rookie of the Year, and I know there's people that wonder if he should have seeing him on a daily basis. I think he deserved it, uh, especially knowing how important the position is to a team. And I do think, you know, again, I think he can take a giant step forward this year. And I think that's where a lot of the optimism around here starts is the fact that Kyler Murray played 16 games as a rookie played well. Uh, and now in his, in his, in a position where maybe he can be like a Lamar Jackson in his second year or a Patrick Mahomes in his second year. Patrick Peterson just called Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury a mad scientist. He said he sees a lot of Andy Reid in him. I think Kenya Drake also said this guy's a mad genius. What did you see from Cliff Kingsbury and year one that has everybody juiced up there in the desert? Cliff Kingsbury is, uh, for whatever else you want to think about him, for whatever nice house he might live in or what, uh, movie star he might look like um, he's a football junkie and that's really all he likes to do in a lot of ways uh, so he spends a lot of time doing that kind of stuff and and I had asked him uh, early in the offseason hey you know now that you're stuck at home even more uh, might you have even more time to kind of dream stuff up and he basically said yes and I think there was a learning curve for him in his first year, there was no question about it. He was a college coach coming into the NFL for the first time. I think there were some bumps there, but the best part is he admitted to all those bumps. I mean, uh, for one quick example, he felt, and he wasn't the only one. There was a lot of people in the front office that believed the same thing. He felt with his offense and bringing something new to the NFL or a different twist to what he thought he was bringing to the NFL, 
They didn't do a whole lot in training camp because training camp practices are open. They didn't do a lot in the preseason games because people can scout the preseason games. They kept it very close to the vest. And he acknowledged midway through last year that, uh, you know, he had made a mistake and not doing more in game situations and more in training camp practice situations because he was trying to keep so, so much hidden um, and the guys just weren't ready to execute it. And the fact that he doesn't have that kind of ego, and we've all been around coaches that do have that kind of ego that they can't admit that they made mistakes, I, I think is the number one thing going for Cliff Kingsbury. And I think he morphed his offense as the year went on. I think he understood that with the personnel he had, it didn't work as well with four wideouts, which is what he wanted to do most of the time. So he moved around and he started using uh, a tight end or two tight ends more often than he had originally planned. They ran the ball better than I think everybody thought. And I, I think that when it comes to Cliff Kingsbury, that's the biggest thing is he is willing to change uh, to do things better, even if it goes against what he thought was going to be the right thing. And, and that's, that can be a rare thing for a coach. Darren, you mentioned the anticipated jump of a lot of the external media, a lot of the national guys think Kyler will make in 2020. What do you think he needs to do to make that jump? Maybe some improvements in his game. And what does DeAndre Hopkins add to this offense that maybe the Cardinals were missing last season? Well, with Kyler, I think you're you're just in a position where he's just going to with experience, get better at the things he's already doing. I don't know if there's any one standout thing uh, that he wasn't doing that he really needs to get much better at. I do know locally uh, one of the the sports radio stations uh, had a round table with both Kurt Warner and Carson Palmer. And they both said that they felt like one of the things he needs to do is be willing to take the, the easy completion. You know, if, if the play goes, and there's a guy open nine yards down the field right away, take the nine yard completion. Don't always look for the big play. And I could see some of that from Kyler in terms of he needs to get better at just moving the chains and understanding that sometimes you just got to take that shorter play because the big one might not come open. Um, but I think a lot of the stuff that he needed to get better at, you could kind of see him getting better at as the season went on. He took way too many sacks early. And yes, part of that, was the offensive line and the offensive line needing to get better. But a lot of it was Kyler Murray coming from college, knowing that I can run away from any pass rusher if I ever want to. And he started realizing you can't do that in the NFL. So he took a lot of sacks early in the season that he should have thrown the ball away on. The other thing for Kyler is I think his personnel is going to be better. Um, and that's where the DeAndre Hopkins thing comes in. You know, Larry Fitzgerald is still a very good receiver in this league. He's not Larry Fitzgerald of 2008, and he knows that. Yeah, I mean, he, he's going to be 36, 37, whatever he is, uh, going into a 17th season. So when you have DeAndre Hopkins at the top of the food chain and the receivers, then you have Fitz next and Christian Kirk, all of a sudden your, your personnel gets better. And with Kenyon Drake in the backfield, I think Kyler Murray's going to have enough weapons around him that the decision-making will be that much easier because there's going to be more for the defense to worry about. I think for me, if Kyler Murray just a, you know, works in DeAndre Hopkins into this offense, which I, and nobody is worried about, and, and B, just continues to trend in the same direction that he already was as the season went on last year, I think he's going to be fine. I don't think there's any major steps he needs to take, given the fact he did get 16 games under his belt last year.
Darren, let's go to the other side of the football. What do you think about some of these offseason moves and free agency? Devondre Campbell, Zavon Kennard, uh, Jordan Phillips also in the mix. And then finally in the draft, uh, I think a lot of people might have been surprised that Isaiah Simmons fell to the Cardinals at number eight overall. I know I was surprised he fell to the Cardinals at number eight. And I, I think they're just thrilled to plug him into a defense that needed that kind of playmaker inside. I mean, it's funny, they, they signed Devondre Campbell in free agency because they needed that rangy inside linebacker that could cover tight ends. Uh, and then they get Isaiah Simmons. Now they've, they've got a wealth at inside linebacker to go with Jordan Hicks. And people are wondering, well, where are you going to play all these guys? And it's like, hey, last year they didn't have any of these guys. Well, now they have something to work with on that inside. So I think that alone will upgrade this defense. You mentioned Jordan Phillips. Defensive line was another place between injuries and an unexpected release of uh, Darius Phylon in training camp after some off-the-field problems. They cut Robert Kandichi. And then with, a, with the injuries on the defensive line, they, were, they had journeymen out there at the very end of the year. It was bad, and they needed to restock that line with depth, and they did that with Phillips and a couple of draft picks. And Devon Kennard is a, a local kid around here who can now – be the other edge rusher alongside Chandler Jones, who was fantastic last year with 19 sacks. So I, I think with that, Patrick Peterson being able to play a full season after having last year get screwed up with a suspension, uh, Buda Baker was a pro bowler, Robert Alford, a cornerback who broke his leg in training camp, comes back to play the other corner. I mean, I think their defense is in a much, much better place. Now, we said all these things this time last year before we knew about suspensions and we knew about injuries and we knew about guys getting in trouble off the field and getting cut. So what they look like on defense in May, June, isn't what they necessarily are going to look like uh, in the first game of the season, but they're in a much better place than where they ended. And hopefully guys stay healthy and out of trouble. And this is what they go to battle with. So given all the additions and free agency and the draft, how would you evaluate maybe the strengths and the weaknesses of this defense? And let's say, for example, if you're the Jets, where do you attack and what are the tougher matchups that you think that they'll face? I do think the Cardinals were vulnerable against the run last year a lot because of those problems on the defensive line. I think they're going to be in a much better spot because of that. And the other thing, the Cardinals have going for them now is assuming Patrick Peterson plays like he did over the last five, six games of the season last year, which is Patrick Peterson level. And assuming Robert Alford is comes back and he was having a very good training camp before he got hurt, assuming he plays well. And with their, their secondary, the whole idea of Vance Joseph's defense was to have those guys out on an Island, be able to play some bumper run. And you had a lot more flexibility with the other guys on the field you can move Isaiah Simmons around to do some things, uh, whether it's blitz once in a while or bring off the edge once in a while or cover the tight end. I think if all those come to pass, you have a defense that uh, can be a lot more aggressive and, and can hold up against the run and put teams in a passing situation that this, the Cardinals now are in a better spot in which to handle. So uh, I think they can be a much tougher matchup. And it'll be interesting to see when you mentioned against the Jets. I mean, they've got a great young quarterback. You know, what, what kind of receivers can they put out there? You know, what, what can they do to, for instance, offset Patrick Peterson so that he doesn't get locked down on one receiver uh, and take him out of the game so that you're forced to always go in a different direction? You know, what, what can um, Bell do rushing the ball against a defense that's been upgraded? But again, since he has, they haven't been on the field 
they've got to prove it. So, you know, I think where we are in the, in the schedule at that point, early in the season, what is the, have they shown? What is, what kind of training camp, what either of these teams yeah. have had to get ready for a game that's early in the season. I think that's, that's all part of the equation here. Let's flip back to the offensive side of the ball. What do you think of what is in front of young quarterback Kyler Murray? I think this team has done a decent job of setting themselves up. When the, when the Cardinals made the Super Bowl in 2008, they did not have a fantastic offensive line. What they did have on that offensive line is stability. All five of those guys started all 20 games, 16 in the regular season and four in the postseason. And what they had last year was generally the same thing. They had a couple of injuries that kept guys out for a start here and there, but for the most part, they all stayed together. Now that's not including Marcus Gilbert, who got hurt right before the regular season started towards ACL in practice and they lost them. And it was a crucial missing part, but if they can stay healthy, this is a good enough offensive line to do what they, they can do. It's not a great offensive line, but it's good enough. I think they'll be fine there. Again, are they the best unit in the league? Probably not, but uh, I don't think they're as big of a problem as a lot of national analysts like to say. Final question here. What do you think about where this game falls on the Cardinals schedule? Because this is a game that's sandwiched in the middle of a three-game road trek that starts, I believe, the Carolina Panthers. Then the Cardinals will come to MetLife Stadium and face the Jets before a primetime showcase game in Dallas against the Cowboys. This is kind of where they need to make some hay uh, because the back half of their schedule is pretty, uh, it's a, it's a tough road to hoe. The other part of all this is they have every intention between the Panthers game and the Jets game of staying back East. Mm. Um, now, does that change with COVID-19 and where we are as a society in a perfect world? That's what they would do. They would, they would try and avoid the, the jet lag problem and, and stay back East between the two games. So that could help that could hurt. I mean, the, the Cardinals have done the stay back East thing uh, a few times over the last 15 years that I've been around this team working for them. And one of them included a jets game and they stayed, they, they back in 2008, the year they went to the Super Bowl, they went and played the Redskins, lost a close game, stayed back East practiced the whole time, wanted to make sure there was, there were no issues with uh, jet lag. Uh, that one played the Jets, gave up six touchdown passes to Brett Favre and Anquan Bolden broke his jaw. So it wasn't <laughs> the best situation and, and they lost a horrible loss. So um, that hasn't always worked out for them. Uh, you know, the, the last couple trips to New York to play the Jets haven't been good. There was that game. And then there might have been the worst football game in, oh, in God. history uh, with the, uh, the 12-7 game, I think the last time they played in New York to play the Jets. So yeah. Uh, it has not been a, a, a fruitful history of the Cardinals uh, in New York against the Jets. Bad memory. The far memory was a great one. <laughs> the Jets actually were uh, wearing the old New York Titans uniform. Yeah, they were. That ball game. That dark blue and yellowish, puke yeah. yellow? Yeah. That <laughs> well, well I, I'll go a little bit yeah. lighter than that. Just say okay, yellow. Right. Okay. <laughs> but the 12-7 game, oh, God, bad memories. <laughs> Ryan Lilly. Uh, Ryan Lilly. Uh, I think Greg McElroy was taking yeah. snaps for the Jets too. Yeah, that yeah. was not a good situation. 
I was I was at the 2008 game in the stands. I was you know in middle school at the time, but I remember being at that game. I that was a that was a fun game if you're a Jets fan. Probably not so much if you're a Cardinals fan, but hopefully this matchup will just be more exciting in general, no matter the outcome. So uh, how about that, EA? Darren Urban bringing up the 2008 Brett Favre game. I know you mentioned it a little bit before. But yeah, I was at that game and that was that was a fun one if you're a Jets fan. And, and I imagine that it was a fun one working in the press box as well, right? Well, that 2018, you go back to that, uh, since Favre only played one year with the Jets, there was a time there when the Jets were eight and three after they took down the undefeated Tennessee Titans. Titans. Is that right? That, that's correct. That you thought hey, this team might be on its way, but Favre was banged up down the stretch. Team ended up finishing out of the postseason, made the coaching change, and that team actually preceded the last Jets' great runs in the postseason, 2009 and 2010, of course, when they advanced the AFC Championship game. Let's talk about this Jets-Cardinals matchup in Week 5 a little bit more. I know that Darren Urban was talking about Robert Alford opposite Patrick Peterson, but it sure feels like, EA, that if the Jets want to have some success on offense, they're going to have to attack whoever is playing opposite of Patrick Peterson and probably establish some form of run game. Yeah, and you mentioned Chandler Jones. Those stats are just uh, to jump off the page at you. Well, when a guy comes forward so well off the edge, what do you want to do? Uh, to me, I get back to the run game, and the Cardinals were not great at stopping the run last year. I know they made uh, some offseason signings, uh, brought back some guys, and we talked to Darren Urban about that. But uh, for my money, I think – this is a defense that you still can get after. They're tinkering with it. But in terms of the Cardinals, I think it's safe to say they're much further ahead offensively right now than they are defensively. I think they're going to score points. I think they're going to move the football. Can they stop people consistently enough to be in that mix in December? Let's just end the podcast with this quickly. We, I feel like we should talk about Kyler Murray a little bit. I'm just curious, what do you make of Kyler Murray and how do you go about trying to stop someone who is so mobile on his feet and is extremely accurate with his arm as well? Well, as an Oakland Athletics fan, and I have been an Oakland A's fan for 40 years now, I was disappointed that Kyler Murray chose to play football. No, seriously, like you mentioned, this guy, he's an accurate passer, small, 5'10", but much like Baker Mayfield and the fact that people said, oh, this guy can't play. I think the National Football League is just completely changing and that old scout philosophy of, hey, this guy can't play in the league because he's 5'10", throw it out the window because – Kyler Murray is a very accurate quarterback. Uh, he completed 64% of his passes last year, 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, and he can tuck it and run more than 500 yards on the ground like we talked about. And then you're a adding DeAndre Hopkins to the mix. And the thing about Hopkins is he's a guy that you're comfortable throwing to if he's quote-unquote covered because a guy like Hopkins is never covered because – he just comes down with the football. Uh, you know, he is definitely 
a beast. So uh, adding him to the mix is going to be monstrous for not only Cliff Kingsbury, but the young Kyler Murray. But again, he'll be facing a Greg Williams defense and Williams loves to get exotic with his schemes. This is a second year quarterback. If he can get a lead, uh, maybe he can show him some things that maybe he did not see in his rookie season. And as Darren Urban mentioned, this is a guy who will hold on to the football at times. And when you're struggling to identify maybe where that pressure is coming from, maybe the Jets can get a lead and then tee off on this very talented young signal caller. I do also like where this spot falls in the schedule for the Jets because they're coming off a Thursday night game with the Denver Broncos. And you mentioned the lack of familiarity. You got 10 days to prepare for the Arizona Cardinals in week six, whereas the Cardinals are sitting here in the middle of a three-game road stretch. So I would say advantage on paper anyway. You, You like where the Jets are at. And that was another edition of the official Jets podcast powered by Amazon Web Services, the opponent preview series rolling on here. Next up, we're going out west. We're talking about the Los Angeles Chargers here on the pod. 